Have your Bibles turn to Psalms 89. Psalms 89. I think as Brother Earl Hughes always said, he said, it's a blessing when you get asked to preach somewhere. He said, even better blessing when you get asked back twice. <laughs> and uh, appreciate the opportunity to preach tonight. And I uh, appreciate God's people. I don't know where I'd be without God's people. You know, this world, they don't have nowhere to go to, but I got friends. I got, I got brothers and sisters right here in church, and uh, I'm glad to be here. Glad to be saved. If you're not saved, you're, you're missing out. You're missing out. Psalms 89. I'm going to give you a big introduction and introduce my title right in the middle of it. Psalms 89. Let's look here at Psalms 89. Look at verse number 38. The Bible says in Psalms 89, verse 38, he said, But thou hast cast off and abhorred, thou hast been wroth with thine anointed. Thou hast made void of the covenant of thy servant. Thou hast profaned his crown by casting it to the ground. Thou hast broken down all his hedges. Thou hast brought his strongholds to ruin. Verse 41, All that pass by the way spoil him. He is a reproach to his neighbors. Thou hast set up uh, the right hand of his adversaries. Thou hast made all his enemies to rejoice. Verse 43. Thou hast also turned the edge of his sword. Thou hast not made him to stand in the battle. A couple more verses. Uh, verse 44 says, Thou hast made his glory to cease, and it cast his throne down to the ground. Verse 45. The days of his youth hast thou shortened Thou hast covered him with shame, Selah. Verse 46. How long, Lord, without hide thyself forever, shalt thy wrath burn like fire? Now I want to say this. The psalmist here, he's referring back to 2 Samuel chapter 7 about the covenant that God made with David. And the psalmist, he's referring back to that covenant that God made with David and he's looking at the nation of Israel, and things are in shambles. He's thinking about that covenant back in 2 Samuel 7, and he's seeing what all is going to, to take place, what all is taking place. The nation is turned upside down. God's anointed has been afflicted. And the psalmist, he's referring back there to that covenant that God made with David, and it seemed like things are falling apart. You know what, that sometimes that's the way life is. Uh, we look at things in your life and my life, and it seems like everything is falling apart. You've got that set of, uh, of uh, that cabinet put together, and it says it's going to take 30 minutes easily. And four hours into it, uh, you're sitting there and you're pulling your hair out. Things don't always go the way they seem. And if you look at this, if you find yourself in situations like this, you know what you'll do? You'll get discouraged. You'll get discouraged with God's results in your life. You'll start looking around and you'll see what God's doing in your life or what He's not doing, and you'll get uh, discouraged. Uh, number 21, verse number 4, the Bible says they was discouraged because of the way. They was discouraged because of the way that they was going. Also, this is Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 28. It says they was discouraged in their heart 
because of the brethren. I would say when you get things and your life is not going like you think it should, you'll be tempted to get discouraged. I'm thinking about a family, a dear family I know in northern Kentucky. His, his kids has health problems. His one daughter's disowned him. His grandchildren are a mess. If you start looking at those results that God's got in your life, you'll get uh, discouraged. You'll get discouraged. You say, what results is God doing right now in your life? What's God doing in your life or not doing? You'll get discouraged. Number two, by way of opening, you'll start doubting. You'll start doubting what is going on. Is God a really real? I will say this, uh, in Matthew 14, Jesus told His disciples, He said, get on the ship, we're going to the other side. Right. You know what happened right in the middle of that? You know what happened? A storm came up. Right. That's not the kind of results that they were looking for. Right. In Matthew 14, uh, in verse number 30, it said, the wind began to get boisterous. Now Jesus has done told them, you're going to the other side. And now this storm's come up in their life. You know what they did? They start to doubt. And when it's all over, Jesus calmed the storm and He said, why only you have little faith that you did doubt? You see, when you're not getting the results that you think you need, you'll, you'll be discouraged. You'll start doubting. Is God really working in my life? Is God's hand on my life? You'll start doubting. You say, well, John the Baptist, he doubted. Can we doubt? Sure we can. When we're not getting the results that we think about, we'll start doubting. I will say this, number three, by way of opening, you'll feel that delivery is not coming. You'll feel that delivery is nowhere in sight. God delivers His people. And when you're not getting the results in your life that you think needs to happen, you'll say, where is delivery? How come I'm not getting delivery in my Christian life? You say, I just can't get over this. I've got a niece I've asked prayer for. She's got things in her life that she cannot get over. It seems like delivery is not in her life right now. I will say this. You say, my emotions are up and my emotions are down. I will say, delivery is not coming your way right now. Have you ever heard this? My nerves just can't take it. If you've got grandchildren, I'm sure that you get older and and, and seasoned. Seasoned, uh, you've got kids. And and you, you say, my nerves just can't take it. Where is the parents to get delivery? Where is delivery coming? I will say this, uh, Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah felt that delivery was not coming. And God point, he just wanted to be done with it all. He felt like delivery was nowhere in sight. I want to say this, uh, in Psalm 6, verse number 3, he said, My soul is also sore vexed, but thou, O Lord, uh, how long? Psalms 35, verse 17, he said, Lord, how long? These are things that you're going to be going through or you may go through when your results are not the way that you think they are. Now I want to say this. We're getting somewhere. Stay with me. When these things happen in your life, here's some phrases that should not be in a Christian's life. I think. When your world's turned upside down, you don't need to be thinking. I, I think. I think. It seems. 
It seems that God's nowhere around. Why me? Why, why me? What now? You ever had a day like that? Just what's going to take place now? I want to say this. When your results in your Christian life does not go the way it should, you, don't need, you need something better than that. You need something better than I think or it uh, seems. You know what you need? You need God's promises to be turned into performances. That's what you need uh, in your life. In Psalms 111, verse number 5, he said, He will ever be mindful of His covenant. Remember the psalmist here in Psalms 89, he's looking back in uh, 2 Samuel 7 at the covenant that God made with David. And he's seen that covenant, and now he's looking at the nation, it's all to pieces. Stay with me, I'm going somewhere. Oh, it says, God's promises sometimes don't have a deadline. God's promises don't have a deadline. It might be today, you might get delivered tomorrow, but it might be 10 years from now. God's promises are not always have a deadline. You say if a wealthy man promised you $10,000 next year, next year when that clock rolls away, you know what you're going to be doing? You're going to be expecting it. But if the letter read like this, uh, if the letter read, I promise you, in my time, in my pleasure, in my purpose, I will pay you $10,000. You know what? You will be expected to be forthcoming. At some point in time, you'll know that that promise is coming. Now, I want to say this. God's got His promises lined out for your life. Uh, they're already lined out. It might not be tomorrow. But it might be 10 uh, years from now. But He will perform. Amen. I want to say this. Abraham was promised a son. You know what? Years pass and years pass. You know what did? God performed that promise. I want to say this. Paul, in that storm of the Eurachlodon in Acts 27, uh, uh, Paul was assured that everybody would make it safe. Now the ship got wrecked. Uh, some was on boards. Some swim. But they all made it. I'm here to tell you that God will perform His uh, promises. God will perform. And in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 11, the role of faith. The Bible said that Sarah received strength to conceive because she judged him faithful who had promised. You know what Sarah did? Sarah said, my God is faithful. And I don't care what you're going through today, God is faithful. He's faithful to do what He said uh, He will do. You need something better than I think or it seems. You need to know that God will perform what He said He will do. Now look here at Psalms 89. This blesses my heart. Psalms 89, look at verse number 23. Look at verse 23 of Psalms 89. He says, I will beat down his foes. I like that. God will. Look at verse 25. He says, I will set his hand also in the sea and his right hand in the rivers. He said, I will. Look at verse 27. Also, I will make him my firstborn. Look here, verse 28. He says, uh, My mercy will I keep for him forevermore. Look at verse 29. He said, His seed also will I make to endure forever. I want to preach to you for a little bit on God will. God will in your life. Now, I said that God will all those times, and there's more. That's not counting the shells. Look at verse 21. Uh, Psalms 89, verse 21. With whom my hand shall be established. Look at verse 22. 
The enemy shall not exact. One more, look at verse 24. He says, but my faithfulness, my faithfulness, in verse 24, and my mercy shall be with him. For a little while I want to preach on, God will. And number one, why will God will? Because God can. God can. I want to say, there's nothing stopping my God. There's nothing stopping my God. God will in your lifetime. God will. It might be tomorrow. God will. I don't care what you're going through. God will. If you're a child of God, born again, God will. I promise you, He will. There's nothing stopping Him. I'm telling you, nature isn't stopping Him. Look at Psalm 89, verse number 1. Nature is not stopping our God. Look at Psalms 89. Look here at verse number 9. He says, Thou rulest the raging of the sea. When the waves thereof arise, thou stillest them. I'm here to tell you that nature isn't stopping. You've got yards to mow. Uh, nature is not going to stop God. God will perform. Maybe next week I'm praying for a drought, 90 degree. God will. Just hang on, brother. Hang on. God will because He can. I was this in Psalm 147, verse number 17. It says, "He casts forth His eyes like morsels, and who can stand before His cold?" That's the other side of the verse. Who can stand before His cold? You know what it is when it's real cold. You just can't stand it. I'm here to tell you that God will because He can. In Nahum chapter one, verse number six says, "Who can stand?" Before his indignation, who can abide in his fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire, and the rocks thereof are, are thrown down by him. I'm going to say that nature isn't stopping God. But I'm going to say that people are not going to stop God. You know what happens in your life? People stop in your way. And young kids, you're, you're, God's moving in your life, and people will get in your way. But you know what? People are not going to stop my God. Uh, when, when people get away, God's going to move around them. You see, Herod, Herod tried to stand in God's way. He had all them babies killed. God said, he's not stopping me. I will. Our God will. I will say this, the Pharisees in John chapter 8, they tried to stand in God's way. They was going to stone Jesus. God said, they're not going to stand in my way. People are not going to stand in our God's way. God will because He can. Jews, Judas, he tried to sell out Jesus, but God's not going to let Judas stand in his way. You know, on the cross, when Satan, you know what Satan tried to do? Satan tried to stand in God's way, but that was right in plan with what God had going on. I want to say God will because He can. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 3, it says, According as His divine power has given us all things. I'm telling you, we serve a mighty God, and God will. Look at Psalms 89, verse 13. Back in our text here. Psalms 89, verse 13. He says, Thou hast a mighty arm, strong as thy hand, and high as thy right hand. I'm going to say, we serve a mighty God. And I remember the first time I ever heard a Milford Biddle preach, I, I think I heard him one time, and uh, I never met him, but I heard Milford Biddle preach, and I'm not kidding you, he grabbed his pulpit, and he grabbed it, and he said, turn to John chapter number 3, and, and he grabbed that, and he was just, I was like, you say, what would you do? I was like, like this. He said, what did he preach on? I don't know. 
He quoted so many verses. Uh, his face turned red and he grabbed, he shook that pulpit. I believe he could preach like that because he knew that God can. God can and God will in your lifetime. And they said Milford Biddle, his wife, said she could quote more scripture than him. I told the priest, I said, man, did you hear how many scriptures he quoted? They said, yeah, but you weren't here his wife. And they said all through his house, he had scriptures all over his house. In the bathroom, there'd be scriptures. You know what it was? He knew that God can. You see, what's going on in your lifetime right now? God can. And uh, here the other night, I was at a gas station. Have you ever had one of those days just like everything falls apart? Nothing goes right. Everything goes wrong. And uh, I just wanted a cup of coffee. I was like, man, if I can get a cup of coffee, life will be better. And uh, I went to the gas station. I got my coffee. And this guy, he looked rough. I'm talking about rough. And uh, he said, is that all you need? I said, yes, sir. He said, it's on me tonight. And I walked to that gas station. I said, Lord, why me? Why do you? He said, because I can. Amen. You know what? God can in your life. And you know, he'll use the strangest things. You look at this man, you said, man, we need to pray for him. We, we probably do. But you know what? God can use anything in your life. God will because he can. Number two, God will because he conducts himself righteously. God conducts himself righteously. You say, what's the difference between holiness and righteousness? Righteousness is holiness in action. Holiness in action. And I want to say a righteousness. It means a right standard. A right conduct in relation to others. You see, my standard's probably off. Uh, when it comes time to other people, my standard might be off. I might say, ooh, this guy at the gas station, when you go over here. You know what God's standard is? His standard is always righteousness. He's always conducting himself rightly. And Psalms 50 verse number 6 says, And the heavens declare his righteousness, for God is judge himself. You know what God's doing? He's righteous. You see, my life's falling apart. Everything, I'm living for the Lord. You know what? God, God's righteous. I don't care what you're going through. If your husband leaves you, your wife leaves you, God is still going to be righteous. I want to say this. Uh, I think about God's righteousness. He's judging righteousness. I want to say this. If He don't judge sin, He's not a righteous God. God is always righteous. You know what? I used to hate report cards. You know why? Because they had conduct. Conduct. I think it was A, B, or C. I don't think they had that. Do they have the conduct now? He don't know. He forgot. Uh, but you know what? I <laughs> he hopes not. You know what? I used to hate report cards. Why? Because conduct. Because most time the way I conduct kids close your ears. Most time the way I conducted my conduct it wasn't righteous. I'm telling you, it was awful. If me and uh, brother Mark was in school together, we'd probably both be in trouble. But you know what God does? God's conduct is always right. It don't matter what's going on. He is judging himself. He is conducting himself rightly. I'll say number three, God will because his credentials are at stake. Yeah. Everything God promised David uh, was going to come to pass. It might look bad, it might look rough, but God will because his credentials are at stake. In Joshua 23 verse 14, the Bible says, Not one thing has failed thereof. I'm telling you, God will in your lifetime. In Psalms 89 verse 34, it says, my covenant will I not break. 
I'll tell you what, God will because His credentials are at stake. Uh, you remember Rahab? Those two spies come to Rahab. Uh, in Joshua chapter 2, those two spies came to Rahab. And verse number 10, watch what he, she says here. She says, We have heard how the Lord dried up the water. You know what? She's been hearing about the Lord and what He's doing. It said, We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. You know what happened? Word got around what God's doing. And you know what? Rahab, she heard about it. His credentials was at stake. You know what God's going to do? God's going to work in your life. He's always going to get what He wants done. You say, I don't, I don't, it ain't going to do it. It ain't going to do it. Well, you need to have some belief in your life. Right. And I want to say this. His credentials are at stake. And at my work, I have a water license. You know what happened? If I'm not conducting myself the right way, they'll say, come on, let's have your credentials. You don't deserve them. You don't need them. But you know what God is? He's never had a reason to get his credentials pulled. I always says, God will. I don't care what you're going through. God will. And lastly, coming to close here, the last point. I always say, God will because God cares. God cares what's going on in your lifetime. You know, sometimes it seems like the world falling apart. I'm saying, you, God cares. First Peter chapter five verse seven it says, "Casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you." Amen. You know what? There are people in the world they feel like nobody cares for them. But I'm here to tell you that God cares. God will in your life because He cares about you. Amen. He cares about those those small things, and He cares about those great big things, and. Uh, God cares. I want to say this in Mark chapter 4, verse 38. They said, Carest thou not that we perish. I'm telling you, if you're lost without God, God cares. God don't want you to perish. God will. I want to say this in Psalms 4, verse 3. He says, But know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. If you're saved, God has set you apart. God cares. I'm preaching on God will. Now the question is tonight. God will, but will you? Will you? Look here in Psalm 89, verse number 1. I'm so thankful the Lord cared for me. Amen. I remember when I was lost and headed for hell, I felt like it was all over with. God cared about me. Amen. God cared about me enough to send Jesus to die for my sin. Amen. I'm glad that God cares about me. We know that God will. The question is, will you? Look at Psalm 89, verse 1. He says, I will sing of the mercy of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. Will you praise Him? Look at verse number 5. And the heavens shall praise thy wonders, O Lord, thy faithfulness also in the congregation of the saints. God will. The question is, will you? Will you praise Him? Look at verse 15 here. He said, Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound they shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. Will you praise him? Now it says, will you pray for others? God will, will you? Will you pray for others? You know, that'd be awful selfish me to ask God to save me and to not want nobody else to get saved. I'm telling you, we need to be praying for others. Now what, lastly, I'll say this. Will you place yourself in the right position for God to use you? Will you? You say, what's that position? It's real low. And I said this before, George Mueller, the great missionary, great faith, they interviewed George Mueller one time. They said, George Mueller, how do you do it? How are you such a successful Christian? He said, one day, he said, I died to myself and I got lower. 
And it's the next day I got it lower. And it's the next day I got even lower. You know what God used George Mueller? He got himself in the position for God to use him. Right. 